The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Hello and welcome to the Mental Sherpa Show on the America Talk Radio Station. This is the Empowerment Channel, and my this is your host, Alexandra Janelli, owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis. It is a pleasure to host you guys today. I'm sitting here with my special guest, Tony Wolf. Tony's an actor, red carpet host. And he is an illustrator as well that's based here in New York City. And I wanted to invite him on to the show to help me really lay the foundation of what it is we're going to be doing on this show, which is really exciting. So, Tony, welcome. Thanks so much, Alex. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited. This is the first show. It is. And it's going to be such an amazing journey that I'm hoping to really help people discover themselves and learn about themselves. That's fantastic. Yeah. So... What I thought I'd have you help me do is really begin to lay the foundation of what we're going to be doing. You're an amazing MC actor. Uh, really, you ask wonderful questions. And so I'm help having you really just begin to help me. Sure, sure. So I'm sort of going to turn the mic over to you. To your special guest. Yes, to my special <laughs> guest. All right. So uh, for our new listeners, uh, Alex and I have done uh, a little bit work together in the past. Um, as a duo. So for our new listeners who are new to the concept of the mental Sherpa, can you first uh, start off by telling us what inspired you to name this show in particular, The Mental Sherpa? It's a great question. Um, the Mental Sherpa actually came just from working with clients. Uh, I'm a hypnotherapist and life coach. When I'm working with clients and trying to explain to them what hypnosis is and how it works, I once you're in the hypnotic state, I tell them that I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to offer suggestions to your subconscious mind. And we'll certainly get into a little bit about how hypnosis works and why to really help you get from where you are now to where it is that you'd like to be, not where anybody else wants you to be, but where you want to be. And so I dubbed myself in that moment. I said, I'm kind of like your mental Sherpa. And for those who don't know what Sherpas do, they really help people (laughs) begin to navigate uh, Everest uh, over in Nepal. So they are your guide. And that's what I'm really hoping to be on this journey of self-discovery, that truly this comes from a passion and a place of having worked on myself, having worked with thousands of clients and watched them really overcome a lot of things in their life and how we each have that ability to do that within us. But sometimes we just don't know the tools. 
So what this show is, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Don't believe everything that I'm telling you. That's not to say that it's a lie, but it might not be a truth for you, and it might not be for a truth for you yet. So if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. Just allow yourself to open your mind to maybe learn something new. If there's one thing that you can take away from each week's show that you can utilize in your life, that's wonderful. Truly, what we're hoping to do on this show through all of my special guests and hosts and myself is to provide you with information. What you do with that information, that's up to you. But it's hopefully going to be tools that can help you begin to understand yourself better. And once you have that core and solidification of who you are and how you navigate the world around you, you begin to have a very different relationship with the world around you. And so I'm here to help you understand yourself and then the world around you. Sure, sure. And I think for a lot of people in the world who are less familiar with hypnosis and how hypnosis works and how hypnosis can be used uh, in a therapeutic way, I think it's important that you emphasize, as you did, that uh, a hypnotherapist is a guide. Absolutely. Like a Sherpa. They're not telling you what to do. They're guiding you in the direction that you would like to go. Absolutely. Hypnosis, for those people who don't know much about it, I'm sure your first association with it is a stage show that you've seen, and that does exist. It is absolutely real. Um, Hypnotherapy is a little different, um, and yet it does have many of the same characteristics. So hypnosis certainly can't make you do or say anything that you wouldn't want to. The way that I explain it to clients within my office is... Hypnosis is nothing more than that deep, relaxing state between awake and sleep. And what happens when you begin to enter into the hypnotic state is we access your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is where your behaviors and your reactions and your responses come from. And these, these things are all learned through associations that you created from the moment that you're born until today. In fact, you're born with two fears, loud noises and fear of falling. Everything else becomes learned. Now, these associations get locked in on a subconscious level and will therefore dictate how you behave in your life. So an example that I like to use with clients um, and people that I meet, because a lot of people do like to ask about hypnosis because it is an interesting modality, is if you take, for example, a person who has a fear of dogs, there is a component or a poor time in their life when this fear was developed, whether it was because they were bit by a dog, where it saw your parents, you know, said dogs are horrible, stay away from them. Maybe it was a movie. They've created the association that dogs are bad, and therefore, when they see one, they're going to have that behavioral response. On a conscious level, which is where your logic, your reason, your willpower and deductive reasoning is, is in your conscious mind, you can begin to logic why, you know, that's not the same dog that bit me. However, what you're going to begin to notice is that you still do have that reaction. Now, that's not a problem until one day maybe you want to have a dog. And this is where there becomes a discrepancy between what you consciously want and how you're subconsciously behaving. And so what I help people with is to go into the subconscious mind based on what it is they'd like to feel, not what I want for them, not what anyone else wants, to help them really reassociate that. But it always starts with having an awareness. And that's why the beginning session of what we do is really talking about it, to really get 
all the information about what it is they're feeling, what they're noticing, so that the suggestions in hypnosis, which are formulated from our pre-talk, can be given in a really empowering way that resonates with you. Sure. And even the, the semantics of it, as people who are familiar with hypnosis know, it's a hypnotic suggestion. Correct. It's not really a command. It is a suggestion. It is. And the more that the suggestion itself resonates with you, if I said you're going to leave feeling super duper and that doesn't really connect with you, you're more likely to reject the suggestion. It's kind of, And if it really does resonate, like you're going to feel really empowered or confident, self-secured, right. they're more likely to take that in to reassociate it because the mind doesn't like change. It works on the pain and pleasure principle. Anything known to it is pleasurable, even if it might have a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Anything unknown, like change or future, it can be really unsettling. And so the mind's not always willing to give up an association without having something better to get back in return. Sure. And that's why with uh, hypnotherapists, the phrasing of the suggestions is so important, I've learned over, you know, over time. Absolutely. And so it's certainly not going to make you do anything you wouldn't want to. There always has to be a drive to change. But it also helps you take out your logical mind. And one of the wonderful things about working with clients and helping them understand themselves, you can begin to really get in touch with some of the emotions that you are having that maybe you can't put a finger on or you don't really begin to understand. Um, You know, your emotions do come from a subconscious level. And there's not always a conscious word for it. And so we begin to explore those things to help you have an awareness. And once you have an awareness of it and you begin to shift your energy around what it is you're learning, you can really begin to create some wonderful options in your life, which will allow you to take maybe and see different actions. Sure. And uh, now that you're doing a radio show... I understand that there's a bit of a radio tradition in your family. Is that correct? Yes, there is. Um, I actually come from a long line of radio hosts. Um, The John Gambling Radio Legacy, Rambling with Gambling here in New York City, they have been uh, listed in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the longest-running radio show, talk radio show in Manhattan. Wow. With WOR. So it is really a pleasure to come at this show in this really empowering way, in this new way, where talk radio has shifted so much and really in this wonderful way where I'm out here and my goal and my mission is to not only help people here in New York in my office, but to have that available to everybody with the things that I've learned throughout the practice. And you've been practicing as a hypnotherapist for how long in New York City? For five years. Okay. And my practice... As much as there's been some wonderful training at HMI, Hypnosis Motivational Institute out in California, I've taken the IPAC life uh, coaching training. It's really drawn from spirituality. It's drawn from life lessons. It's drawn from my path and my journey. Mm -hmm. And so there's a really dynamic and multidimensional component of the work that we do. And truly the work And the things that I've learned, I'm always a student and a teacher at every point during the process because if you're not learning, what's the point? Right. You know, learn or learn or die. And so I'm always a teacher and a student. And my clients, I always thank them for working with me to help me begin to really grow as well. Mm -hmm. And what was your journey to becoming a hypnotherapist? You know, as a child, I really did struggle a lot with some deep-seated emotions, which at the time, 
as many children wouldn't be able to understand them on a deeper level. I always begin to ask the question, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? Um, I think it just felt very abnormal in, you know, feeling sad on a Sunday or getting anxiety in high school or college. And it just Was it a large family, chaotic, or more sort of quiet, the opposite? No, I would say both. You know, there was a lot of change. We moved, um, we lived in New York City, which there's always a lot of chaos going on in New York. Uh, we moved to Hong Kong in the 90s for my father's job. But what I really, be, I, I believe my journey started then, although I didn't know it at the time. And at the time, I it really felt like my emotions were almost a curse, like they were making me different. And what I'm realizing now and where I am in my life is how those emotions have really become such a tool uh, to feel deeply is to is is an empathy in a lot of ways to really sympathize and to be there with people to say I, I do know what they're going through it might not be the same but I understand what people are experiencing and how to sort of just be there with someone and hold them as they begin to tolerate and learn about their emotions and the experiences that they're going through. So it's been, that really was the beginning of my journey, and it, it has included a lot of different practitioners, a lot of different practices, and this is sort of where I've ended up, but one of the most pivotal points, I would say, in my life, which is how I got into what I'm doing, was I ended up seeing a hypnotherapist um, back in 2007, I believe, that I went in with a very particular issue, which was finger picking. And within a few sessions, it became so much more in control. And I, so I went back to him, uh, not too much longer later to deal with a real shift that was happening in my life. And it was amazing how within a few sessions, I couldn't tell you exactly what changed, mm. but it was almost like this freedom to just experience life in this new way. Uh, I guess it was a little bit without fear, not to be fearless and do stupid things, but sure, sure. It was just this empowerment to try and not have to always have that reassurance from someone else mm. that there was a net underneath me, and it really just changed my life. And it wasn't until I actually moved to Chicago that I asked myself, "What is it that I want to do?" Because I used to be in environmental consulting, and so I went back to school for this. And truly, going through school for hypnotherapy became a journey of self-discovery because I think when you begin to understand something deeply for yourself, you understand the process a little differently and can therefore begin to share that experience with the people that come in. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're so glad you chose this path. Me too. It's been a path of real amazement and wonderful things. And I, I'm really looking forward to what this show is going to help people do. Is there, is there one thing about the subconscious and the way the subconscious works or processes information that you would, uh, that you would impart to our radio audience here that you, that you feel that most people are unaware of? Good question. Because the subconscious has always fascinated me. It's a, it's a mysterious world in, in some ways. You know, uh, I, every, I think the first part is to always acknowledge that whatever you do and why ever you do it, it's not wrong. 
that our behaviors are dictated from our life script, and we're going to get into this in another episode as well, that we all have a life script uh, that has dictated who we are at this moment. However, who we are at this moment is not who we were five years ago, 10 years ago. It's always in flux, always changing. You're always changing. In fact, you really can't stay the same. If you go through a day, there's always going to be something that is going to change you. You're Mm. always learning. Um, And so what I would always tell people is not to sort of, we all tend to say, why do I do that? We shame and we blame ourselves for who we are and why we are the way we are. And how can you begin to implement kindness to say, how I am is all right. And to sort of accept where you are, but it's not where you have to be. The more that you can begin to understand yourself and ask yourself the right questions, and this is another episode that we're going to begin to get into, you really can begin to shift yourself and move yourself in a more empowering place because that energy of self-blame and shame is holding you back. It sort of becomes a mental block to moving forward as well. Okay. Yeah. So I, what I'm really excited about and telling people, and we'll talk about this when we come back from our break, is really beginning to understand the solidification of the core of you. And I think what I've learned through my practice and working with so many clients truly is how you begin to understand yourself is such an imperative part of how you begin to move through life. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the way we see the world around us is truly a lens of what we're feeling inside. Oh, certainly. I always use the phrase, everyone has their filter. Everyone's seeing the world through their individual filters. Absolutely. And so if you're feeling really insecure, anxious, upset, angry, um, depressed, you're going to begin to see all around you those types of things as well. That doesn't mean that during the day there might not there might be sunnier parts of your day, right, but it right. can feel really loomy and gloomy. And that's not wrong. It's just a place that you're at. And so what we're going to work through over these next few weeks and through with different practitioners and guests is to really begin to understand how you can solidify your core because it's going to change the way you work around you. And keep in mind, you know, and if you're interested in being a guest and working possibly live with me in a life coaching session, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. And we'd be happy to speak with you and maybe even get you on the show uh, and how it might relate to your life and helping you. And guests don't have to be in New York City, right? That's correct. They could be anywhere. That's correct. So what we're going to do is take a short break right now. And I will see you guys when you get back. This is Alexandra with the Mental Sherpa on the Voice America Radio Network. see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to ajanelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to the Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back. My name is Alexandra with the Mental Sherpa Show on the Voice America Network. I'm here with special guest Tony Wolf, who is a actor and illustrator and red carpet host here in New York City, who's helping me lay the foundations of what we're going to be doing on this show. So welcome back, everyone. And hello again to you, Tony. Hey, I'm very glad to help you uh, lay down the foundations of your radio show empire. Yes, wonderful. (laughs) How to guide you on this wonderful journey of self-discovery. That's right. So as the mental Sherpa, as the mental Sherpa, uh, you talk about a number of different concepts that you work with uh, clients on. And with a hypnotherapist specifically, the concept of rapport is always essential. Now that concept of rapport, I would imagine, would be essential in any therapeutic relationship. But specifically with hypnosis, I know that uh, hypnosis is about trust, right? Meaning a client will probably be less inclined to go into that relaxed state uh, if they are not comfortable and if they have not established trust with the hypnotherapist. So can you talk a little bit about building that rapport? How does one build rapport with a client as a hypnotherapist? Absolutely. Um, I would say about 90% of clients that come into my office for the first time will right. walk in and the first thing they'll say when they sit in my really comfortable reclining zero-gravity chair is I'm really zero nervous. gravity. Yeah, it's um What does that mean? <laughs> it the way that it holds your body actually allows you to feel like you're floating. Oh, okay. I've never which heard of that. when you're dealing with clients, you know, it's really supportive number 1, mm-hmm. but it's also a real big benefit for clients who suffer from anxiety because it really begins to get them out of their body mm-hmm. into a more floating experience which is very comfortable. Okay. So, the first thing I always say to them is of course you're nervous. Acknowledgement is one of the key building tools that can help you. It's to first always acknowledge an emotion, whether you're doing it with a client 
or doing it with an emotion that you're experiencing yourself sometimes. Right, or just in everyday life, exactly. Yeah, to just acknowledge what someone's feeling. It's like, I completely understand why you would feel nervous. This is something you've never done before. Mm. And what I always start the session with is telling them a little bit about what's going to happen in the session. Before we even do hypnosis, I'm going to tell them a little bit about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Because an informed client or user is always the best. Because remember, the way that the subconscious mind works is they don't have a subconscious association built in about hypnotherapy. In fact, they might have one about hypnosis in general, and it might be a negative one. Are you going to make me quack like a duck? Am I going to do things that I don't want to do? And so it's really beginning to disprove the myths that Mm. are around the modality itself and to make someone feel comfortable. And so rapport, you know, if, if for some reason someone came in and just we didn't have that good rapport or, you know, you're not going to go there to that unknown place with someone. So it's always important first to begin to talk with someone. And as I say to clients, I might not be the right practitioner for you. And that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right for them. Right. That there's hopefully something that they're going to learn. There's something they're going to take away from this session. Whether hypnosis works or not, you're going to learn something again, right? You cannot not change. Sure, sure. What percentage of clients of yours have already experienced hypnosis or hypnotherapy? As I, as I was listening, I realized that you know our stereotype is that a lot of people they don't know what hypnosis is, or it's very mysterious, or they have all these preconceived notions. But I would imagine that in your uh, years of experience, there have to have been a few clients or people who have experienced it before and are familiar with it. I have. Um, I would say it's a lower percentage. Most people are trying it for the first time. Mm. Um, Those clients that do come in who have worked with other practitioners, I always ask them not to find out why that practitioner didn't work for them, but what about it didn't work for them. Mm. you know, they might say, I've actually had a couple different answers. One was, I just didn't trust the guy. Oh, right. Which, trust, yeah. you know, one person had mentioned they didn't feel comfortable in the office space that they were in. It just, it was like being in someone's home and it didn't feel as professional for them. Yeah. I've had one client who went to a person, really got a lot out of the session for smoking. And then when they went back for the reinforcement, they just felt like they got the same scripted session again. Uh, okay. And so, you know, there's a lot of different reasons or, you know, I know for myself, when you're working with a client, if they're not really listening to what it is that you're looking to work on and they're not really hearing you, mm. right, the suggestions can really fall flat. Um, sometimes it, your suggestions can be taken and misinterpreted, too. When you're in a state, a you know, this is why they say that when you're working with depression, it can be very tricky. That a client in a depressed state can actually manipulate a suggestion and hear it differently. And I'm trying to think about a, an example, which I'm falling short of in my mind right but now. But I can imagine that, like almost that their filter, their lens of hearing and interpreting a suggestion could they could almost put a negative spin on the suggestion itself. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. a kind of defeated right. spin so on it. So there could be the idea of like you're looking to um, invest money and you're like, I can't lose. Hmm. There's two ways to take that. One is 
I can't lose. I got this. Everything's right, going right. to go no well No matter for what me. I do, I can't lose. Yeah. Versus I really can't lose. Yeah. Like this is too big of a loss. Out of fear. Out of fear. Mm. And so it really depends the state of mind and framework of the mind. Right. Well, one thing I had heard and read years ago about hypnosis and the subconscious is that most hypnotherapists work very hard to phrase suggestions and, and statements affirmatively rather than negatively. Correct. This whole notion that the subconscious does not necessarily hear negatives, that it doesn't intake negatives so well. So if you say, is this the case, like you say, uh, I won't smoke anymore, a more positive phrasing of that would be, I... I choose healthy habits. Absolutely. Or, or, you know, like, it's interesting how you can be. I've lost my interest in smoking because lost is not the, the word no or some other right. phrasing of the word no. It's all about the reframing of the mind, right? What's going right. to be more empowering to you? Mm. There are certain clients when you say the word, you're never going to have a cigarette, not one more, never again. And right. they're a rebellious type of person. Right. They hear no and never. They're going to hear no and never and go, <laughs> oh, forget it. No yeah. way. I'm going to watch. I'm going to go smoke 20 right. just to spite you. That rebellious nature. That, that rebellious that nature. So the more positive that you can place the affirmation or hypnotic suggestion, right. the better off it, it will be. However, there are times when you might use words like stop. Don't do that. Mm. Um, and those would come more, you know, I utilize them a little bit more in the obsessive compulsive components of like finger picking or nail biting. Mm. And, or there might even be a time when any time you go to pick up a cigarette, you'll hear the words no and a snap. Oh, okay. um, however, it really depends. It, everybody's different. Right, right. Uh, I guess one affirmation could be I'm excited about a smoke free life. Absolutely. You know, something like that. And, yeah. you know, as we go on, just so the listeners know, we're going to do a whole nother segment on reframing your mind mm -hmm. because how mm -hmm. do you talk to yourself? Are you someone who's going, I can or I can't? Those are very definitive versus right. the idea of I might and I'm going to try, which leaves a lot of wiggle room for, sure. you know, I might, I might not too. I don't know. <laughs> and the attempts would be made. Right. And so the way that you speak to yourself it really does dictate some behaviors where I might, I'm going to try to get to the gym tonight. Mm. You know, it's kind of like when your parents are like, maybe you can do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, just tell me, no mom, I got it. Have you had any particular clients that dealt with extreme anxiety or anything of that sort? I have actually one of the things I work with the most in New York, uh, which is not surprising is anxiety and stress management. Right. You New know, York city, New York city for you people. Um, what, I do work with a lot of clients on anxiety, and I do find that there is a big component of anxiety to a lot of things that are going on. And there's still always that added component of what is anxiety. And one of the first things I like to teach people about anxiety is get to know your anxiety. It's simply a part of you. And it's mm. also in part a natural response because anxiety there's a lot of sort of research on this. I'm going to speak from sort of my research of what I've done with clients right. is your anxiety. We can get, we can be at the effect of anxiety, which is sometimes starts the thought. It sometimes will start as a feeling. The more that you begin to understand your anxiety and what it's doing for you and not to you, the more that you're going to begin to learn how to tolerate it and move through it so that you can move to a more empowered state of being. Right, or even harness that energy. Because I was always reminded, Absolutely. as an actor, people talk about being nervous or uh, you're nervous. 
But, you know, many, many people will tell actors uh, through the years, yes, but nervous about something means you have nervous energy. Right. And you could harness that energy and use that energy as opposed to sort of run away from it. Absolutely. So anxiety that starts in the mind. So let's, there's the anxiety that will happen. So again, in your life script, let's say you're on stage, right? And all of a sudden you get booed or something happens where you forget a line. Right. In that moment, there's an association that's created about being on stage, so anytime that you have to from that point forward, it can bring up an anxiety mm. and a fear of being on stage. And so your anxiety is not there to harm you. It's there to say, Tony, I'm here to try to protect you, to keep you safe. Right. Because right. do you remember that time that we were on stage and you forgot your line, how embarrassing it is? And so your anxiety is trying to help you. But it feels very uncomfortable. Mm. And it is uncomfortable because if you've ever had a panic attack, it feels like you're having a heart attack. It's awful. Mm. And so there's also a com- added component of this anticipatory anxiety of having a panic attack. You'll right. see it a lot right. with asthma patients because it is scary and it's frightening. And so you'll begin to think you're going to have a, an asthma attack. Mm. And it can sometimes only it can sometimes be just a panic of They're having one. About- about the, they're anxious about the thought of being anxious. Right. Yeah. Anxiety has a wonderful way of telling you a great story about your future and what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> it, and, but it's right. not that it's trying to hurt you. It's trying to help you be prepared because what our mind likes to do is borrow from the past things that have happened and place them on the future, mm. right? It's like, I don't know what my audition is going to be like, but I can remember this audition. So Remember, your mind works on the pain right. pleasure. You replay that script in your head. Right, because yeah. your future's unknown, and the mind does not like the unknown. Hence, it doesn't like change. It doesn't mm-hmm. like what it doesn't know. It's painful. And so we'll borrow from the past to place it there, and that anxiety will begin to come up to help you. Mm-hmm. However, it's so uncomfortable. But when you begin to get to know this part of you, it really can begin to release it more and more from your life. It's not mm-hmm. that this part of you is never going to be there. Sure, sure. Because it's a natural part, right? We Anxiety can be a natural fight or flight mechanism. Mm. Sometimes we need to run away from things. But society says, really, we can't, technically, like a lot. So we have to deal right, with it. Right. But that anxiety and that energy gets trapped within us. and. When you also talked a little bit uh, to me before the show about this notion of uh, tolerating difficult emotions. Absolutely. You know, emotions are like colors. There's a full spectrum of them and there's many, many emotions. In fact, there are times you're going to feel something and you're not even sure what you're feeling. And that's absolutely okay. It's not wrong. Mm. Um, there are just some colors we like better, right? You maybe wouldn't paint your bedroom wall electric green, but... It's a color. And so every color has a place and a purpose in some area of your life. Every emotion that you have has a place and a purpose. They're not meant to hurt you or harm you. They can actually be quite empowering. And so this is something that we're also going to begin to talk about as well um, in later episodes with a uh, special host, Dr. Nadia Friedman. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So and what does she do? What's her? She is an analyst and a psychiatrist mm-hmm. um, who is a wonderful colleague of mine. So she's going to help us begin to learn it from a couple of different perspectives and mine and okay. uh, things that we've seen. And I've having worked with clients on getting to know, we call it parts therapy. 
there are different parts of you, mm-hmm. right? There's the happy you. There's right. the sad you. There is the traumatized you, the you that doesn't like this. And mm-hmm. the more you can begin to understand all these different parts of you, the more that you're going to begin to live more fully and whole. But what we tend to do is tell ourselves, I shouldn't feel that way. Why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. First, what is it about feeling this way that might be an advantage and a disadvantage? Sure. I just, I really enjoyed the, uh, the phrasing of tolerating difficult emotions. I'd never really heard it phrased quite that way. You know, I've heard of containing difficult emotions. Right. But tolerating, there's an implication there, a subtle implication that might be a little uncomfortable, but, but you can handle it. Like it's not going to overwhelm you. Absolutely. And we're, we're kind of a society, and I don't mean to say this meanly, that you, know, you go through a breakup and all your friends are like, oh, don't worry about it. Just move on. Don't mm-hmm. feel that way. And we tend to go, why am I feeling this way? Right. I shouldn't. I want to just get over them. But the truth is, you're, it's normal. Right. It's, and maybe it's all not normal. All those feelings that one would have after a separation of or breakup course. are normal. And yeah. maybe it's not normal for you know, person X or Y, but it's Mm. normal for you. And how do you begin to speak to yourself and be kinder? Right. I mean, if we spoke to ourselves, our friends, the way we speak to ourselves, I mean, what's the quote? We'd all be in jail. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's really beginning to, as you begin to understand yourself more, that relationship with yourself becomes kinder and nicer Mm -hmm. and that's what we're working on here, guys. This is We're going to begin to give you tools and action-oriented things that you can have in your tool belt. Because as you navigate life, listen, life doesn't get easier. You just get to know yourself better because your internal moral compass and your compass of getting to know you gets stronger. Sure. And it's great that you've had so much success and helped so many clients through these obstacles and challenges in life. Absolutely. And I think after the break, what we'll do is maybe even talk about some live client sessions that I've done. Um, they won't be live on the show, but right, um, right. we examples. can speak about them. Uh, <laughs> some examples of what's going on to do that. So what's going to happen is we're going to go to break. All right. We can and do a break. I, I feel like we're ready for it. I do too. And when we come back, we're going to actually talk about some client work and anxiety as well. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you after the break. This is Alexandra with Theta Spring Hypnosis on the Mental Sherpa Show on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. 
When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Alexandra Janelli with The Mental Sherpa Show, hosted by Theta Spring, which is my company on the Voice America Network, on the Empowerment Channel. I am here with special guest, Tony Wolf, who's an actor, illustrator, and red carpet host, who's helping me move through this segment, uh, helping listeners learn a little bit about me. And we're coming to you live from New York City. Hello, everybody in the world. It's a crisp New York City day. So in our prior segment, we were speaking a little bit about anxiety and emotions and how you begin to tolerate them and learn about them and understand in order to understand yourself. And sometimes it takes first that step of acknowledging what it is you're feeling to really learn that it's it's normal. Remember what you're feeling is okay. And you've had specific examples of certain clients that you've helped with anxieties, various anxieties, I would imagine. I have. There's been, you know, whether it's an anxiety of um, public speaking, acting, anxiety, panic attacks, whatever it might be, mm. um, I have worked with the whole gamut. Usually there is some underlying anxiety to any issue. Um, you know, a lot of this is self-diagnosed anxiety. Some of it's just sometimes even confused with overwhelm or stress, Mm. fear, doubt, which are all, as we'll talk about next week, part of different energy levels that we'll go through in life. Right, right. And was there one specific client that you could tell listeners about, uh, in a general sense, about, uh, you know, sort of a case study that that you would feel comfortable sharing? Sure. I had a wonderful client who's a young girl who had been suffering from anxiety where the fear had gotten the better of her. Mm. Now, in her life, there had been a couple things that had happened um, in her history that had caused her a little bit of anxiety as she began to move forward. And what we began to talk about was just sort of understanding her anxiety. You know, if if she were going to listen to the message that her anxiety was telling her, ah, interesting. You know, what would she learn about it? Because the more you get to know these parts of you, as mm-hmm. I'd mentioned before, the more you get to know your anxious part, the more you're going to begin to understand how to work with them. Well, I like that thought or that phrasing that 
somehow the anxiety has a message for you. Absolutely. I'd never really quite thought of it that way. Absolutely. And her anxiety was trying to tell her to, you know, something bad was going to happen. Mm, right. And as that, you said before, anxiety and the mind loves to predict the future or attempts to predict the future. Your anxiety can tell you a really wonderful, frightening story of what's going to happen mm. in order to scare you to stay the same right. or to run away. But the truth is, your life script really writes itself so much better. In fact, Typically, the story that your anxiety tell you doesn't happen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nor does the best case scenario one. But, right. you know, it will write itself in the way that it's meant to. And, you know, when you begin to sort of understand that to disprove your anxiety, which is what we worked on, you know, then you begin to feel a little bit more empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that her anxiety would manifest in was searching her body for, you know, imperfections. So maybe... Um, a mole that hadn't been there or things Mm. on her body that could become a source of her anxiety. And let me reframe that. It wasn't that these were the source of her anxiety. It was something to place her anxiety on. Right. And I think, you know, she was also, and I just want to clarify to the listeners, she was also working with a psychologist as well, Mm. that there are limitations to working with a hypnotherapist because we are not most of us, I know, I speak for myself, I'm not a licensed therapist or psychologist, Mm. um, psychiatrist or social worker. So there are times when we will work under the medical supervision and referral of a medical doctor. Sure. And hypnotherapy is uh, very helpful to be used in conjunction with those other modalities. Absolutely. And as I tell everybody, each modality that you do, it's a tool. There is no magic bullet. There is no cure-all. And truly, as I call it, is the Dorothy dilemma, as we'd spoken mm-hmm. about uh, early before we got on to the call, uh, this recording, that truly, we all have the answers to any question we might have, and we have the solution to every problem within our lives. We just don't realize it yet. Just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, when she got to the end to see the wizard, she found the wizard was nothing more than a man behind a curtain. And she had that answer, but she needed Glinda to come down and tell her, Dorothy, you had the answer all along. But she had to go on that journey. She had to get her courage. And she had to find her tin man. And all of these things are part of your experience. You just don't get the, learn those things until the hindsight. And so everything does have a way of working out for a reason. And I can tell you with this client, the more that she began to move from those fearful energy levels and into these more bigger picture, not focused on everything that's wrong or not going right, into the real bigger picture of what's going on in the world around, that everything really does work out um, in the way it's meant to, that there's no judgment, there's not good or bad, there's just an experience, that you really begin to experience the world around you differently. Well, that's great. I like the emphasis on looking at the bigger picture, uh, and one could certainly look at the bigger picture of one's life. You know, we we often get caught up in the little nagging details or a list of tasks that we have to do. But I think it's very healthy and refreshing to remind ourselves to look at the big picture of our lives. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at anxiety, I was just working with a client the other day and I said, well, what is it your anxiety is telling you? Hmm. What are the negative things that your anxiety is telling you? And I go, well, how true are those? Right. If you looked at your life script of the things that you have accomplished, how true yeah. 
Are is, they valid? Is that yeah. a valid statement? And I, she said, absolutely not. And I said, okay, so your anxiety is coming from something within, right? Mm. That is telling you these things. And how we begin to shift that is really having that relationship with yourself. And then it's a question of how much credence do you want to give these things that you just said are absurd, that aren't true at all. Right. And there is a part of you that really does believe them. And Mm. why? Mm. Right? And maybe those things rang true for you at a certain period in your life. Like if you were bullied, maybe it is true that people are scary. Right. But how do you begin to resonate, you know, and this is where we call it inner child work. How do you go back to the point when maybe a traumatic event happened to you, not to relive it as the experiencer, but to see it as the observer with a clean, fresh pair of eyes, right? To get a new perspective as the adult looking back at something that happened as a child, what would you say to them? And so we did a little bit of work with this client as well, and it's work I've done with myself of well, what would you say to that child that experienced that, that this part of you that truly at the time didn't know any better? Right, right. And have you also done some work with clients as far as their relationships, intimate relationships, or even the way they relate to the world around them? I do. You know, it, I get a lot of cl- uh, calls from clients saying, I just went through a breakup. I need you to erase my mind, which <laughs> I'm still working. Work yeah. that way. I am still working on that formula of the magic bullet <laughs> right. technique to just right. erase your mind. Um, unfortunately, right. hypnosis does not work like that. Right. But what I do tell clients is we Again, it's really beginning to have understand what you learn. You know, try, the ultimate goal is what can you take away from that relationship? Right. What were the lessons? Yeah. What did you learn? Absolutely. That, you know, we meet people in life that are there to give us some direction. There's mm. something within each relationship, whether it's a friend or a significant other, that's there to teach us something about ourselves. It's just sometimes hard to get that message right away. And so the more that you begin to learn about yourself in a relationship, the more you're going to have tools to relate differently to people. But if you come into a relationship very insecure, jealous, whatever it might be, it's kind of like leaning forward or leaning back or Mm. sideways. You're not very... Unsteady. You're very unstabilized on your foundation of yourself. And so you can think about it. When you come in leaning, you need something to support you. And you become almost dependent on that thing. Now, that's not to say that you don't need people in your life because... We do. But to need them in this way where they're filling a void from within, it really keeps you in that position of leaning. But when you come in standing up straight and tall, a lot of fears begin to dissipate and you really can begin to enjoy Mm -hmm. yourself in relation to another person. It's a more balanced interaction. It is. And you come in very authentic. You come in really knowing who you are. That way, if you don't have to put on that facade Mm. that might draw that person into you and then eventually they're going to get to know you and wouldn't it be nice to have that person genuinely like who you are first the facade of what you're trying to hold up and then eventually they're going to figure it out anyway sure sure it's kind of like common fear absolutely and i you know i tell people when they're dating it's kind of like putting up a false photo of you or not putting a body shot because you're embarrassed because you're overweight Mm. now you might be overweight, but and that might not be the norm of what people are looking for, but there's a whole group of people that absolutely are looking for that. Right. And to not be ashamed of who you are, you're a person in transition. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, well, this notion of relationship uh, is interesting because it really relates back to the notion of rapport that we talked about earlier in terms of building a rapport with anyone, with a client, absolutely. with people in your life. 
So when you have rapport with someone, you're much more likely to share. You're much more likely, yeah, to feel a little bit more vulnerable with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the people that you're closest to in your life, there's a rapport there. And rapport is not just given, it's built through a feeling, a thought. Mm -hmm. There's something about it that makes you feel comfortable. And as I always tell people as they begin to move through their process, there are going to be a lot of times when your journey of self-discovery is going to be on your own. And there are going to be times maybe when you need help as well. And finding someone that you have rapport with will always be one of the most imperative things. And to not feel bad that if you are working with someone to say, this isn't the right person for me, trust your instincts, trust your intuition. And remember, even if they're not the right person for you, there's probably something that you're going to learn from them. Sure. I would imagine you could do a whole episode on gut feelings and intuition alone. Absolutely. And when we talk about sort of the different energy levels, you'll begin to understand that as you go into the higher energy levels in your day, mm. you do begin to tap more into your intuition where the question then becomes, how do you trust your intuition, right? Because it right. can always be a little tricky. But and I guess, is the intuition also a form of the subconscious? Absolutely. Good question. So all of these things, you know, understanding fear, understanding your emotions, understanding you are going to begin to help move you forward. And you'll be talking about them more in future episodes of The Mental Sherpa right here. Yeah. So one of the things I want people to think about between now and our next episode is where are you? Where are you in your journey of self-discovery? And if you could sit quietly just before you go to bed at night, you know, let it be, write it down. This is where I'm at. So it can be like a benchmark, right? When you're going to lose weight, for example, you need to get on the scale so you know what you weigh. That way you can know if you've gone backwards or forwards. Where are you and what have you to date learned about yourself? Write down a few things that you like about yourself. Write down a few things you'd like to work on for yourself. So that as we begin to move through these shows and move into your future, these action-oriented tools, if they resonate with you, can be things that you can implement in your life. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. Tony, it has been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for working with me. And join us next Tuesday with special guest Aubrey Levitt, who's an entrepreneur and strategy consultant, when we speak about your energy levels. So we're going to talk about seven energy levels and how to execute uh, actions in your life with intention. My name's Alexandra with Theta Spring Hypnosis on the Mental Sherpa Show on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy. Have a great week. Thank you again for tuning into Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 